When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Having a crappy week will hang in there because we are back with your favorite Avatar The Last Airbender rewatch podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Zach Muhammad, and as always, I'm joined by my good buddy, Jacob Redman. Jacob, how you doing on this late night edition of Hang In There? <laughs> late night indeed. You know, Zach, I actually had an idea. Instead of recording a podcast, I'm just going to send a hawk with you with all of my commentary uh, it'll take a while. You know, the Chicago to Canada is not like a direct route, but, you know, it removes the need for us to talk. It'll it'll work out. So that's the that's a new idea. Nice, uh, nice. Not an audio podcast anymore. Just like we'll have people like watch the messenger hawk fly. We'll have like a live stream, something yeah. like that. OK, I like the idea of live stream. You know, it's going to take a little bit longer than a week for us to communicate this way. Uh, I looked it up earlier. I think it might take a month. Uh, and that's being optimistic. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, maybe we'll come out every month, every month. Lovely. Lovely. I'm sure the listeners will love that. Yeah. Uh, and it'll be way worse quality. Uh, no banter. It'll (laughs) literally just be like a list of notes. Um, anyway, I, I, I think this episode's really fun. Uh, I'm glad that we're talking about it. You mentioned it's a late night podcast for the both of us, but, uh, I'm, I'm excited to have some fun here, Zach. Yeah, and this is a special episode because for those of you who don't know, this is the episode that uh, ended up getting the podcast started. So Jacob pitched this to be on Robin Akiva Need a Podcast and they weren't feeling it. And then I messaged Jacob <laughs> and we, we got the ball rolling. And this is a, so this episode never really stood out to me on a rewatch. Like I always thought it was okay as an episode, but because it's like the genesis of this podcast, it has a special place in my heart. Yeah, this will definitely be a special one. Uh, if if nothing else, because I'm finally getting to talk about it. You know, I tried to talk about it with Rob and Akiva, and they completely shut it down. They were not about that at all. Uh, so I'm excited that we're talking about it. Uh, yeah, you mentioned that this is uh, the genesis of the podcast. Uh, I'm excited to see where it goes, but I'm going to say that, uh, honestly, this podcast is probably the biggest scam that I've pulled off. Uh, getting the podcast with you every week. Like, uh, I don't know how we're doing it. 
Yeah, Felipe, not to skip ahead to the questions, but Felipe asked, what's the biggest scam we've ever pulled off? And I don't know. I don't have a good answer for that, to be honest. I was racking my brain these past two weeks trying to think of what's the biggest scam. And the pod- this podcast might be it. Yeah, you know, I, I love doing it. Uh, I hope that no one like finds us out and is like, oh, you're caught. But uh, yeah, I mean, I guess they know we're making the podcast. They're, they're, I guess they're aware, but like, uh, yeah, I think this might be the, the biggest scam is that I get to talk about my favorite TV show with a, a good friend of mine now. Uh, yeah, I think, I think this is the biggest scam. So I'm excited to talk about it. Uh, it should nice, be a fun nice. one. This is also one that has a ton of goofs. Like, I, I don't know why, but I just felt like there are so many things in this episode where I'm like, wait a second, that doesn't seem right. I, yeah. I didn't notice too many goofs, so I'll let you list them off as we go through the episode All recap right. and let me know the goofs you saw. I didn't notice too, too many. All right. That's, uh, that sounds good with me. Um, anyway, uh, I'm excited to uh, jump into it. So should we get into the episode, Zach, or do we have anything else let's, to talk about? No, let's do it up. Oh, I remember one one thing. I was going to watch Little Shop of Horrors and compare it to oh, Avatar yeah. characters. That was the last time us two were recording just by ourselves. It's been a minute since it's just been us two. But yeah, I still have That's a spoiler true. alert. I still haven't watched Little Shop of Horrors yet. I've been too busy at work with my new job. But eventually I will. And eventually we'll do it. So there you All go. All right. Well, that works. That works out for me. We have a few other guests coming on in the next few weeks. Very excited to have them on. So we can reserve that. Uh, for a few weeks, Zach, when the two of us are alone again. And yeah, it has been a while since we've been alone together. You know, uh, we've had some wonderful guests on the podcast, but uh, I'm excited to just get into an episode talking with you. Yeah, I am too. It's going to be a lot of fun. Sweet. Um, yeah, this this episode starts out interesting. Uh, I'm not sure that any other episode starts out the same way. As we dive into it, uh, I want to know your impressions, Zach. Like we start off with, uh, you know, sort of in the middle of things. Uh, we see like the statue of Ozai and we see Toph running in uh, Katara is saying like, Oh, like, you know, you brought this on yourself. I had no choice uh, as she's dragged away uh, as Toph is dragged away. And then it goes back to three days earlier. Uh, what did you think about starting off like in the middle of things uh, here, Zach? I liked it. It's like a unique storytelling mechanic that we haven't seen used before in Avatar. So I enjoyed the way they did this. What about you? Yeah, I kind of like it. Uh, I, I believe this is called in media res. I think that's like the, the technical term uh, okay. of things. So like I, I liked it. Uh, I, I like that we kind of like plop ourselves in the middle of the story and it's like, cool, like, let's see where we're going from here. Um, but like, yeah, I got to say, like, it wasn't too surprising. Like they maybe like I was surprised when I was a kid, but it just seems like I kind of could tell where the story was going. And like, I don't know, like. Even like because because they cut like from this uh, be- quote unquote betrayal uh, to Eng's training as if like Toph and Katara are about to stand off and fight. But, like I don't know, I didn't really like I didn't buy it for me. So it was good. I liked that it was unique. I liked that they tried for something. But uh, ultimately, I'm glad that this doesn't happen too often in the Avatar universe. Yeah. Also, badass statue for Ozai. <laughs> the, the, the Ozai like true. breathing fire and like shooting out flames. I wonder how the how that works. How they have a statue breathing out flames. Like, what's the science behind that? Yeah. Well, don't they have? Well, I mean, okay. Two possibilities. The first is they do something like uh, the Olympics, where they have like fire that like goes on forever. I don't know how they mm-hmm. do that, but they could do that. Number two 
is they find like uh, an intro firebender and they just like force him to stay in the statue and they take shifts <laughs> where there's always someone firebending. I like that head headcatted. I hope it's the latter. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Man, wouldn't that be the worst <laughs> post in all of uh, in all of like the Fire Nation army? Like I'm trying to think if there's a worse post instead of like inside the statue because it's got to be hot. It's metallic, so you can't even touch it or you burn yourself. It's pretty bad. And it takes energy to bend, so you're bending for yeah. hours on end. Yeah, that must suck eggs. Yeah, suck eggs. Wow, I've not heard that one uh, since <laughs> I was watching Avatar the first time. <laughs> well, I'm trying very to keep it middle. PC, so. No, 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 I loved it. It was just a very middle school insult. I, uh, I wasn't ready for it. Uh, speaking of middle middle school insults, we see some uh, come in uh, when Toph and Katara are are training Aang. Uh, Aang like gets out of the way, and as he gets out of the way, uh, the water attack uh, or sorry, the attack hits Katara. Uh, so Katara gets some mess on her. Uh, Toph hits her with a Madam Fussy Britches, which really's got a sting. Uh, I've never been called Madam Fussy Britches, but if I was, I'm pretty sure uh, that's going to lead to a fight. Monsieur Fussy Britches, would that Monsieur. be the male equiv- equivalent? Yeah, but you have to say it in a French accent or it doesn't hit as hard. <laughs> I can't do accents, not going to lie. I'm not even going to uh. bother insulting <laughs> our fr- any French listeners we have. Ooh, I would love if we had some French listeners. Uh, but yeah, I, I also don't have uh, good accents. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think, like, what was the go-to insult when I was in middle school? Did you have one that you'd go for? No, no, no. In my middle school, people are, when I was in middle school, people were already cussing by that point, I'm pretty sure. So those are the insults going around. All right. Yeah, I, that's fair. Like, I, Katara calls uh, Toph a mud slug, which I think is kind of funny, uh, especially like coming from the earthbender. But yeah, I'm trying to think. Like, I, I guess, like, uh, yeah, I didn't really have any, like, name calling. That's like such a big thing. Like, in Shakespeare, people call each other names all the time and they're so eloquent. I feel like that's something missing. We should call each other names more often. Yeah, we don't really have nicknames for each other. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And if any listeners are listening, um, give us nicknames that we can call one another on the podcast. Right in. I also want insults. If other people have insults that I can throw out sometimes. Like, Zach, I won't throw them at you. I'll use them in my daily life. But, like, <laughs> if there's any good, like, if there's a name that really just captures how frustrated I am, uh, maybe, like, tomorrow at work I'll try Madam Fussy Richards on someone. Or call someone a mud slug. I feel like that's like a biting insult too. Yeah, but that's actually like that seems a lot more rude. Uh, whereas like <laughs> like fussy britches, like no one's actually getting upset about that. True. True. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so then Katara and Toph are like getting ready to fight. Uh, they're like about to go at each other. Uh, they they hit each other and they both like uh, you know go flying their opposite, opposite directions. And Aang's like, oh, are we are we taking a break? Uh, and Sokka wants to get in on the fun. Sokka, uh, who's usually on lemur duty, decides to uh, jump out and scream, sneak attack! Uh, Aang here absolutely flattens him. He creates an earth wall that literally like stops Sokka from moving, like causes him to fall down. Is he concussed? Or how is he not concussed might be the better question. 
Yeah, Sokka can take abuse. We've seen it. I think it was the bitter work where Sokka gets like hit directly up in the air by Toph and lands in his mm-hmm. sleeping bag. Mm-hmm. Sokka can just take a beating. But yeah, Aang one hit KOs him here. And if you're like Aang says, if you're about to if you want to land a sneak attack, you can't be yelling out your attack. This is like what anime characters do. They'll like yell their attack before they do it. But yeah, not the best fighting instincts from Sokka here. Yeah, it's not a great, it's not a great idea. You know, if you're going to yell a uh, sneak attack, you probably need to have like some sort of diversion or like you need to be the diversion for the real sneak attack because otherwise like, it's not going to work out very well. But even still, like, so Aang is training, right? Like th- there's no actual danger. Like if you were training when they're using like so- going back to Sokka's master, for example, they were using like wooden swords, like they're not trying to kill each other. Like, there should be a bending equivalent of wooden swords so that they aren't, like, concussing each other. Because Sokka here gets extremely, like, he gets destroyed. He's completely wrecked. Like, he (laughs) needs to go to the doctor. Um, I, I was really surprised that he was able to get back up and be in the rest of the episode. Yeah, same. I mean, he took quite an attack <laughs> from Aang, honestly. Exactly. Oh, one other thing I forgot to mention, going back like uh, to the very start of this training, um, this training scene, is we see Aang is using this sort of like seismic sense uh, that Toph has. Uh, that's that's pretty interesting. Like, I think that this is the first time that we've seen Aang do it. I believe the only other time that Aang does it is in uh, like the last episode of the series when he uses it in his battle with Ozai. So I thought it was pretty cool that we saw it here, that he's like just using it to train randomly. Yeah, and it's cool that he's training blindfolded as well. It's interesting. Mm-hmm. He's taking attacks from both Toph and Katara while blindfolded. It shows how powerful Aang is already that he's able to train blindfolded because Lord knows yes. I can't do anything blindfolded and I can barely do anything with my eyes open. So shout out Aang. <laughs> oh, okay, this, this just brought up a story in my mind. So when I okay. was in the fifth grade, we went to the planetarium and for some reason, even though we were at the planetarium, we weren't learning about the stars. We were learning about echolocation. Now, okay. when I was in fifth grade, that really upset me that we weren't learning about the stars, but that's not the point <laughs> of the story. The point of this story is that bats obviously have echolocation mm-hmm. and apparently a human taught themselves echolocation uh, in order to like, I don't know, see their way around. So I spent my free time every day for like two weeks blindfolded trying to echolocate around the house. <laughs> I was a complete terror. Everyone was so annoying. And my sister would come up to me and just like slap me in the face. And I can do nothing about it because I'm literally just like going around clicking, trying to see stuff. And like, I can't see anything. Anyway, I'm really upset about that. Wait, I don't know so, why that came to me just now. So they ta- a human taught himself echolocation? supposedly later that you wanted to learn okay okay continue well okay so later it came out that the person actually didn't learn echolocation they were faking it but at the time i did not know that so i (laughs) thought oh i can teach myself echolocation and i'll be able to see without my eyes yeah it doesn't seem like something a human can learn so i'm not surprised to hear that that was debunked but wow great story jacob you come through with yeah. all these amazing stories <laughs> that's a pretty, that's well, pretty hilarious i'm not sure that's that amazing of a story it pretty much just entails me getting slapped by my sister and like bumping into walls so <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah because the other thing that i would do is because i was like oh like i don't want to just be blind like i'd like to echolocate so i would like tie my hands behind my back and i would refuse to like be safe so i would just walk confidently and try to hear where i was Anyway, it's not very easy. Uh, don't try it at home. Uh, yeah, disclaimer I don't doubt the, it. Yeah, disclaimer on the podcast for safety. Uh, <laughs> be safe out there. 
Anyway, so I can't echolocate, but Aang uh, can sense the earth, so he's cooler than I am. Uh, but Toph and Katara are still going at it, uh, even after this whole sneak attack debacle. Uh, they're, like, getting ready to fight, and I like that they're both in a bunch of mud, uh, and so they both, like, can bend the mud, and they're, like, hungry for a mud pie, I'll give you a mud pie, and they're, like, ready to face off. I like, I liked it. That's something I really would not want, a mud pie. That just sounds absolutely gross. Yeah, if I had to say, like, uh, you know, rank pies, it's probably, like, D or F tier pie. I think it's F tier. I don't think it's D tier. Might even well, be Z pie, tier. There are worse pies, like a cow pie, like, you know, the... Like, What's a cow pie? It, oh, it's like oh cow, yeah, yeah. Cow poop. It's, like, it's oh, gotta okay. be worse than mud. Oh, yeah, fair, um, fair, fair. Okay, never mind. Mud pie might be... Peach pie. Bad. Peach pie is as bad as a mud pie. <laughs> peach pies is that bad what's wrong with peach pies <laughs> i don't like peaches I, I also don't i don't like citrus fruits i know i know peaches aren't citrus i still don't like them wow that's a hot take not liking citrus fruits i know we're going a little off topic here already to start the show but <laughs> you don't like any oranges no nothing no limes wow that's shocking i mean i can go ahead and power rank the citrus fruits like limes are the best then lemons and then oranges are there other citrus fruits uh grapefruits i think are also citrus okay grapefruits are uh between lemons and limes really grapefruits are my least favorite personally really yeah wow yeah, not a big grapefruit man yeah uh let's see what else oh uh like the what are they called uh clementines clementines are the absolute worst they're worse than oranges <laughs> Damn, right, i anyway, like oranges yeah. <laughs> really yeah I mean, okay. I've met, I know very few people who hate citrus fruits. That's why I was kind of surprised by that. You're like the first person I met. Hmm. What, what is that your favorite type of fruit is like a citrus fruit? No, nah, I like apples and bananas more, but I'm not, I like okay. citrus fruits too. See, I'm a sucker for berries. You give me a berry pie, like cherries or are, are cherries a berry. Maybe I shouldn't have said that so confidently. I don't know anything. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't uh, drag me if cherries are clearly not berries. I'll look it up. <laughs> I think they're not, but it's okay. Who cares? Are they not? Oh, okay. Uh, the Google says they look like berries, but that's not helpful. Um, <laughs> wait, bananas are berries and strawberries wow. are not? Okay, this, no. No, no, no. Sorry. We have we have to get back on subject. That's too mind-blowing. <laughs> 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 oh yeah yeah all right let me just go ahead and write right now for the the copy talks about berries so yeah bear jacob and zach have a riveting berry discussion <laughs> that's yeah. what's all right the there comment. you go uh and and we managed to talk about avatar some of the time yeah um, yep. anyway so they get a d or maybe f tier pie um ang is like hey like i don't know what's going on here i thought that we were supposed to be like training uh, and I like the guitar, like immediately, uh, like calms down, gets herself in character. She's like, we've had enough training for today and then walks <laughs> away. And I was like, this is great. Uh, I really appreciated that Katara just immediately snaps to like responsible teacher. Yeah. Katara is able to go from full aggro to full Zen here. So yeah. Shout out Katara. Ooh, all the way from A to Z. <laughs> True. I didn't even notice that. It wasn't not intentional. Uh, no, you could have taken credit. <laughs> <laughs> uh anyway so Toph decides that uh katara is gonna go get clean uh, and so they should go have some fun uh this probably happens all the time right like katara is gonna like do like you know basic chores or maintenance or whatever and the rest of the gang goes out and like has a good time and we like this is just the one that we happen to see 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. This probably yeah. happened already, but off screen. Yep. Um, yeah. So then uh, Sokka immediately uh, looks at some messenger hawks, and he's excited to get one. Uh, he's like, "Great! I don't need to talk to anyone. I can send messages." Boom! Immediately in my head, I saw a podcast idea. Um, <laughs> so I'll be honest. I don't even know how carrier pigeons and messenger excuse me messenger hawks work. Like, how do they find their way? Do you know? I can make it up. My guess is that they can't go anywhere new. Like, I think that, like, a messenger hawk is only useful if it's going between two places that it already knows. Because, like, you can't give messenger hawks directions. Like, they won't take your Google Maps form. But didn't carrier pigeons go, like, across countries and stuff? I don't know. I should have looked this up before I came on the podcast. Well, I'm sure that they can go a far distance, but I'm sure that they're only going back where they were before. Yeah, you're probably right. Here, I, I guess you can't send them to a new location. Work. <laughs> oh, you know what? Cora knows everything. Oh my gosh, they know landmarks. Legend oh, of Cora. Okay, no. <laughs> Potentially, they just know like uh, direction from like uh, I don't know the magnetic field. I don't know. This is this is very. Com- the more I'm reading, the more confused I am. Oh, good. Don't worry about it. Not a big deal. I mean, okay, we can yeah, live they, the only, rest of our they life. only know how to get back home. Okay. So, like, they, they only know how to get, like, between where they're eating and where they're roosting. So, they're only useful to go, like, between places. They can't, like, you can't be like, hey, go to this, like, new spot. Oh, okay. Fair, fair, fair. Cool. All right. We figured it out. Nice. Uh, um, <laughs> anyway, so now they're debating like what they're going to do with their last silver piece, and Toph decides that they're going to make more money, which just seems like a broken strategy. They should have been doing this the whole time. If you can make your money, make more money, that's a great idea. You should do that. Yeah, I wish there was a scam I could pull where I could just uh, make more money with what little money I have left, but sadly, I don't have the abilities that Toph has. I know. If only you knew how to bend, uh, it would actually be pretty easy. I was thinking about other scams that you could do. Like, you know that uh, that game at, like, casinos or, like, Dave & Buster's or Chuck E. Cheese or whatever, where there's, like, coins that are, like, going, and you, like, put one coin down, and then it, like, pushes all the coins forward, and sometimes coins fall? Yeah, yeah. All right. If you could bend, that game would be so easy. You could get so many coins to fall, you'd be absolutely rich. You could get the best prizes, you can get all the quarters you want, you'd be loaded. True, especially if you could metal bend, you could just get every coin pretty much. Exactly. No, that was that's what I was thinking because I was thinking like, what are scams that I would want to pull in real life and with bending? And I think that that's like probably top of the list because like you know it's fun and it's kind of harmless. Like no one's going to get that upset with you. Um, yeah, I, I think it's a solid option. Yeah, I agree. That's a great cool. option for us. All right. Well. Catch me uh, if I ever learn how to bend. That'll be the first thing I do. <laughs> I'll go to Dave and Buster's and I'll walk out with like uh, I don't know some some like Jolly Ranchers or something. What a great uh, use of your bending! That's the first thing you do with your <laughs> newfound bending powers. You just go okay, to like okay. an arcade. Zach, the second thing I'll do is I'll stop crime, so I can make up for the fact that the first <laughs> thing I did was purely selfish. There you go, stuck crime stopper Jacob with his bending yeah. powers. Nice, but only white collar crimes. Even though those would be really hard to stop with bending, I will only stop <laughs> white collar crimes. So like art forgeries, somehow uh, stuff like that. I don't want to like get involved and like stay up late and like go on the streets. That sounds terrible. Yeah, yeah, fair, fair, fair. <laughs> <laughs> all right um what were we talking about oh yeah we're talking we're about, how talking about the more g- money yeah. yeah 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 
Yeah. So Top's idea, brilliant idea is we're going to make, we're going to use our money to make more money. Uh, she shows the rest of them, uh, this person that's doing like the, the sort of three card Monty, the like table game with the three different, uh, things. Like there's three shells. One of them has a, a blue rock underneath. We see the scam artist. Uh, the scam artist looks pretty, he looks sketchy. Uh, he's not someone I would trust, especially cause his sleeves are so long. Like every magician I ever know is always like, oh, look, I'll put my sleeves back or whatever. Like, this guy just looks sketchy. Uh, did you have any reactions when you saw the scam artist, Zach? Uh, not necessarily, but I had a reaction to the man the man he scams because we see this man lose and start to weep. Like, <laughs> we start to see him sob uncontrollably. Did this man just bet his life savings on this shell game? Yeah, it seems like he did, and he only had a few coins left, so he he must not have had that many life savings. Um, yeah, you know, I, I obviously am not like qualified to give gambling advice, but definitely don't bet money you don't have. Uh, terrible idea. That's how it starts going really poorly. Like if you can't bet money you can afford to lose, then you're probably you've done something wrong. Yeah, bankroll management is like beginner one hundred and one of betting, and sadly, this man did not have it, so he goes home crying. Yeah. Uh, do you ha- do you like to bet yourself, Zach? Yeah, I like to bet on occasion. I, I UFC is my mo- the, what I okay. bet on the most. But I tried betting on NBA before, but NBA is too volatile. I've lost too many close bets that just pissed me off. So stopped betting on NBA. I remember actually you gave me really good betting advice. You told me to take the Buccaneers spread during the Super Bowl when they were uh, yeah. underdog too. That uh, I, I was pretty, I was pretty bullish on that one. Yeah, I, I like to bet myself. Uh, you know, I, I like uh, some NFL betting, some baseball betting. Uh, What's the big the, the wild card games coming up uh, for oh, baseball? Nice. So I'm excited nice. there. Yeah. What's the biggest bet you've ever won? Um, the biggest bet I ever won. Um, yeah. That's a good question. I know mine. I wow. think I, won, I I had a five dollar bet to win a hundred fifty, and that wow. was. Yeah, that's or I I've won more money before, but that's like the most I've made. Like you know, yeah, you know I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Whereas it's like the for the least amount of money, that's like the biggest like bet I ever hit. The but best I, return, I, I, yeah, your best return, exactly, exactly. Nice, that's a uh, that's pretty good. What what do you bet on to get such high odds? It was a UFC and then I was betting on like the exact method of victory. So then it was like a parlay of like one person to get a knockout, one person to win by decision. And then, yeah. Wow. All right. Well, there you go. That's uh that's pretty solid. Um, I hope that the biggest bet I win is I bet on the White Sox to win the World Series. So we don't know if it's happened yet. <laughs> uh, we can check back in like next month if they've won. But that's that's what I hope my best bet is. So you know what? I'm going to manifest it. I'll speak it in the world. White Sox to win the 2021 World Series. See, I'm not a big baseball guy, but now I'm going to be rooting for the White Sox. I'm going to tune into all their playoff games just in the, you know, in the hopes if, your bet wins. If they do, Zach, dinner's on me. Uh, <laughs> we'll we'll have an ang in their celebration. Nice, um, nice. Let's, let's hope they win. Anyway, so yeah, yeah uh, Toph explains that they're that she's able to uh, you know break this game because everyone is seeing uh, how this dealer is like you know shifting the rocks around. Uh, but Toph has the cheat code again. I've called Toph a cheat code a lot of times on this podcast, but this time it quite literally is a cheat code. Uh, she's just going to feel the rock with the earth bending, and she will be able to tell exactly where it is, uh, so that she's going to be able to uh, win every time. Uh, yeah. yeah. 
genius. It's genius. Yeah, Toph's like, an OG. Yeah. She's a genius. She really knows her stuff. And man, I wish I had Toph on my team to make me some money. Like I, would, I wish I had a homie like Toph that could just break games like this and make a shit ton of cash. Yeah, it'd be uh, it'd be pretty nice. So the dealer ends up uh, spotting Toph and is like, hey, you want to play a game? And Toph's like, how can I play? I'm blind. And the dealer takes advantage of a blind child. Like, where is CPS in this world? Like, a blind child is walking around the street and the dealer is trying to take the one silver piece that she has. Like, that is inappropriate. And there are other adults around that are watching this happen. And none of them are like, hey, should you, like, check with your parents? Like, are you okay? They let it happen. The Fire Nation's a messed up society. Yeah, Fire Nation has no CPS, and you're right. It is pretty messed up that they just let this slide by. But hey, at least Toph's able to scam the scammer. So there we go. That's true. That's true. And the other thing, so uh, yeah, so then I guess like I can go through what happened. So like, you know, the guy, he like, uh, he moves the shell up into his uh, sleeve, and then he uses the sleeve to put it in the other shell, uh, into the other, yeah, into their shell. Toph's able to see this, uh, and Toph's able to guess correctly. Okay. This guy's a scammer. However, he does pay a fair bet. Like this is, it is like EV zero to play this game because she bets one silver piece and then he pays out two when she wins, which means that like, it's as good as if you just randomly guessed. So all this game is, is variance. Like I'm sure that no one else cares about this except like maybe professor shrunk, but like this is, (laughs) and maybe like, well, like Davis comma will. This is a free bet. Like, it's just variance. I was, like, very happy. Like, the dealer is, like, a crappy person. But if you randomly guess, then, like, I don't know. It's not that bad of a game. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And yeah. it's, it's, like, if you know the dealer's cheating and you're able to pinpoint, yeah, then it's a 50-50 chance. So you're right. If you if you know it's not going to be in the one that it should be, that's true. That's a, so this, I kind of want to play this game now. I want, <laughs> I wish there was a street vendor outside my house. I'd put some money on it and play the shell game. Yeah, I was actually going to say that this is kind of like a Monty Hall problem where like, if you can track the one that it's supposed to be in, you're like, great, it's not in that one. Let me switch what I was going to guess to the other two. And then it's actually like an EV positive bet to play with this dealer. Uh, people in the Fire Nation are, must not be that smart because they have no empathy. Uh, but if they were, they could take this dealer for all of uh, all of his money. Yep, but instead uh, Toph will do that. So there we go. That that is very true. Uh, the dealer is like, oh, hey, you, you won. You want to make the game more interesting. And Toph's like, oh, how can I do that? And the dealer uh, correctly finds that the sword is very nice and says, I will take the your friend's sword as a wager and put up 20 silver pieces against it. Now, Zach, this is the first error of the episode because uh, Toph says, I'll do it for 40. The person agrees. And he puts in six more pieces to make this it 40. Is- this is the only goof I noticed. I have this in my notes. He, put, I thought he only put five more in the bag, but he puts in six. I, I counted six, but twenty plus six is not forty. <laughs> like, yeah, just, it's you're not. right. That you're right. Like, that is I, a, that maybe is he's a goof. maybe he's like trying to scam Toph or whatever because she can't see. But like Aang and Sokka can. Can they not count? <laughs> I guess not. Also, how come Aang never plays any of these scams? He could do all the same stuff Toph is doing. Could he not? Yeah, no, he could. Um, I don't know. Maybe because, like, Aang would feel bad about it. That's fair, but he's, like, going along with Toph and doing it anyway, so I don't know. Uh, Yeah, you make a good point, actually. Why doesn't he get involved? Um, Yeah. 
Aang might even be a better scammer because he can use earthbending and airbending. Yeah. And waterbending if he had to. Yeah, I yeah. I I don't know what to tell you, Zach. You make a good <laughs> point. Um anyway, so uh then you know they get their twenty six silver pieces because as the dealer tries to move all of the shells, Toph acts uh, actually like earthbends it back underneath the shell. So the dealer thinks, oh hey, like uh I'm all good, no shells underneath. Uh, but much to his dismay, uh, Toph has put it under the correct shell. She guesses the middle. The middle is correct. He's very surprised to see it. They grab the sword, they grab the money, and they run off. Uh, I thought this was a cute scene. I appreciated the scam artist. I appreciated the, the scam that they were pulling here. I thought this was fun. Yeah, this was a lot of fun. And we had a fun time talking about it, talking about all the EV and stuff <laughs> like that. What does EV stand for again? F- uh, expected value. Expected value. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There yeah. you go. See, as you can yeah, tell, because- I'm not the most intelligent better because EV is like an important betting term. I always forget yeah. what it stands for. I, I, yeah. So like uh, because like she's wagering one to win two, it's like essentially like a, a two to one payout. But there's a third, like a 33 percent chance you get it right. And so mm-hmm. that's like fair odds uh, if you like calculate it. So, yeah, that's what uh, that's what expected value is for the the people who are curious at home. Um, nice. Anyway, so there you go. Uh, that's our that's our economics breakdown of the week. Um, <laughs> so then we cut back to Toph, Aang, and Sokka. They're all going back to uh, the camp that they all have. Uh, and they have baskets of goods. Like, they have so many things. I counted three different things, all three different baskets, all completely full. Um, they must have had, like, an absolute feast uh, here. I, I was, yeah, I thought they had quite the haul. Yeah, I didn't realize silver pieces were that valuable. So the, they're able to pull so much with it. Yeah, we only hear, I think, about silver and gold pieces. I have to imagine that there's some sort of bronze, though, because, like, Otherwise, I don't really understand like how they got so much uh, or else things are like really cheap in the city. I feel like um, in the yeah. season one episode with like the pirates, if you remember that, they had like copper pieces in that one. But I could be wrong mm, with the waterbending no, scroll. Yeah. I feel like but I might be misremembering. It's been a while since we watched that. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. No, I think that we need a full breakdown of like the, the different exchange rates and all that. Like, uh, I don't know. Have you looked at the Harry Potter uh, currency? I have not. What's it even called? Well, it's like, it's absolutely wild. I don't remember any of the specifics and I don't want to get uh, in trouble for getting it wrong, but it's like, it doesn't make sense. There's like weird conversions. It's like one to seven. And like, anyway, like it just doesn't make, it doesn't make sense. Like all currencies should be like clean denominations. Anyway, th- this is like not a tangent worth getting into. Too much, <laughs> no, that's but, fair. That's fair. Um, yeah. It's just like uh, the rules don't make any sense. I think that we need something similar for Avatar where we know like how many copper pieces to silver pieces, silver to gold and all that. Yeah, it would be nice. Yeah. Oh, well. Um, anyway, so then uh, Katara starts reaming them out and is like, hey, where'd you get this money? Uh, Toph's like, yeah. Uh, or Aang says, Toph got us the money. Uh, she's been scamming the people. And Katara's like, oh, you cheated. Which is kind of a loaded term. I Like, I don't know. I, I mean, Toph did cheat, but I, I mean, I, I side with Toph in this argument because she cheated a cheater. So who cares? It evens yeah. out. It's like it's like the argument we had in season one where it's like if you're stealing from a thief, it's not stealing. If you're cheating a cheater, it's not cheating. Yeah, I yeah. I mean, 
Okay, so I don't actually agree with the thief thing, but I do agree with the cheating thing because if you're not playing by the rules, then I think that's fine. I I think that stealing from pirates is wrong, but I think cheating a cheater is okay. I know that this is a dubious position. I know it doesn't make a lot of sense. It's inconsistent, but that's what I think. Eh, that's fair. Whatever. No, we, <laughs> when you ran the Twitter poll once upon a time, I'm pretty sure the people sided with me on the, <laughs> the stealing from pirates. So there we go. Yeah, that's fair. I still think they're wrong. <laughs> anyway, uh, I, I think the listeners are great with uh, bad opinions sometimes. Um, <laughs> uh, anyway, so yeah, they, uh, they start like getting, they start talking about like, uh, oh, you hate fun. Like, no, I don't hate fun. And they start like, uh, going at each other, talking to our, our, uh, bickering about this. Uh, Aang then stands up and says, I'll make you an avatar promise that we won't make a habit of doing these scams. Then we see Aang doing these scams. Uh, does an avatar promise mean nothing to anyone before? I was just about to say the same thing. I guess an avatar <laughs> promise is literally worthless because, yeah, it immediately cuts to him doing more scams. Yeah. Um, do you have anything like this where, like, you would uh, you would not, like, uh, you know, where you would, like, stick by your word if you said something? Um, no, I actually have the opposite thing. So, like, in you know how you can swear to God? <laughs> I used to swear to God all the time and then not uh, not follow through with Because <laughs> then in um in Muslim culture, any Muslim person listening to this will know you can say wallahi if that's just means swear to God in Arabic. So I'll just be like, wallahi, I'll do it. Then I just wouldn't do it. <laughs> so I, I, I have my own version of the avatar promise that meant nothing to me back in the day. Nice. So I guess you're you're in the same boat as Aang. I actually had some uh, some Muslim friends that would like tell me to say Wallahi, and I'm like, I'm like, it, like it doesn't mean anything to me. And That's they're so like, funny. They, they were like, they're like, oh, like, uh, like, uh, yeah. Anyway, they, they would like make me promise stuff, and I'm like, you realize that like I like I this does not mean what it means to you. Uh, <laughs> anyway. Uh, so this might be a little bit dangerous to even reveal on the podcast, but I actually have something I take extremely seriously. Okay. Uh, it's like similar to like a pinky promise, but if someone asks me something on the full truth, I will never and have never and will like would never even consider lying. Um, I started this, I think, I don't even remember the origin of this, but uh, yeah, like People can ask me full truth and like I can decline to answer, but I've never told a lie and I never intend to lie on the full truth. So that's like my avatar promise, but I will not go back on it. Uh, so whenever, so I guess whenever, oh, go on. I'll continue. Whenever you're playing was, truth or dare, you always say truth. Like, is that what you go for? And then you always just tell um, the truth. I mean, I would tell the truth. I think it's like, okay, in truth or dare, I think it's more fun to do dare. Cause like mm-hmm. the truths are kind of boring. It's like, Oh, truth. Like, Oh, like, uh, like what's a time that you like, I don't know, like who, like, who do you have a crush on? Like those types of questions. It's like, whatever, like dares, dares are where it's at. I don't mind making a fool of myself. Um, anyway, all I'm saying is I'm better than the avatar because I will not lie on my equivalent of avatar (laughs) promise. So that's that that's, that's ended. See, um, I'm I'm I, I'm not better than the Avatar because I will lie on my equivalent of the Avatar promise. So I like that though. I like how we're on different sides of the issue. It's nice we have like. Well, more. I lie on your equivalent of the Avatar promise. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't there lie on my equivalent. <laughs> there we go. Yes. Um, Anyway, then we get a very fun uh, montage here where we see Aang uh, and mainly Toph and uh, some of Sokka like start stealing and scamming their way through getting stuff. 
Um, they had a bunch of different things. W- one of these is like where they have uh, like the like the little die type things. They're not really dice. They're like little they're sticks like, almost with yeah. like patterns on them. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, so like one of them's about to like come up as losing, and then Toph is able to sense what it is. But I'm pretty sure Toph's blind. So how does she see if she's like? If she is about to lose, maybe like, she heard the reaction of everyone because you see the guys like about the people they're betting against about to cheer, and then mm. Toph is able to bend it in the opposite direction. But my question is, why did she bend it back in the direction? Like, it, you know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? Like, because so she it's it's rolling forward, and then she's able to bend it backwards, but it doesn't make sense for like a stick to be able to do that. It like defies all laws of physics. I mean, if anyone's watching the episode alongside with us, you would know what I mean. But I don't know how to describe it. But she like bends it in the opposite direction that it would not. It's not possible for it to go that direction. And so yeah, that's all I have to say on that. No, that that's fair because it's like yeah, you're right. It's going forward. It's like rolling like uh, let's say to the left, and then she decides to bend it back to the right rather than bend it all the way over to the like yeah exactly i feel like that would have been the better thing to do because she's kind of out of yourself as a bender and then also uh, not to skip ahead but in this hammer strength game or this Mm -hmm. hammer strength tester game she so obviously earth bends i'm shocked that like the crowd didn't notice nobody like how nobody see that she bends like a rock to like launch her hammer i don't know yeah i i completely agree it's like very clear that she's earth bending because yeah like the the big person's not able to do it at all and then when she does it she's like clearly using earth bending and she does it so much so that it destroys the top uh like if you're gonna cheat you have to cheat like just enough to where people are like wow that was crazy not like holy cow she literally broke the game she was so strong yeah um, i think her cheating was more subtle in the shell game that was like the best aspect of her cheating but in these oh, other two I, sorry oh, I, I forgot to say the goof is that like uh, she's like, oh, we won before anyone says that she won. Like, oh, everyone should know she's not blind. She literally takes the money and says we won before the person says you won. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that sounds like a goof to me. But I guess she, because Toss cheating, she knows she's going to win anyway. So, yeah, I just don't like ultimately, I don't think that she's that good at hiding it. I'm not shocked that they got caught and that the Sparky Sparky Boom Boom Man was able to be like, oh, this is where they are, because they're clearly someone that's bending. (laughs) That's true, actually. I didn't think of that, but Sparky Sparky Boom Man probably did track them through their scams, so. Yeah. Uh, And then the next game that we see in this montage is this, like, uh, rich person's being uh, driven by what looks to be a cross between a dragon and a moose. Uh, I thought it was a seahorse and a horse. So it was like no. a seahorse horse. Okay, that could be it. That's, that's no what idea. I thought. It looked like it looked like a fish type thing alongside a horse. Mm-hmm. I have to look it up on the Avatar wiki. Yeah, that's uh, here. You you look that up while I uh, while I recap what happened because I'm now okay, very cool. curious to know what it was. Um. Anyway, so then uh, like Toph is able to pretend that uh, that. Like she bends a small rock in front of the wheels. Uh, the wheel mm-hmm. then hits the the rock. Uh, she falls down, showing that or pretending that she's been hit. The rich person looks outside and is like, "Oh no, uh, Toph got hit!" So then he jumps out and starts to run. Uh, then Sokka pops out, dressed as a Fire Nation guard, uh, actually in the costume that he used to be Wang Fire. 
uh, and says like, Hey, like, give me some money or he doesn't say any of this. It's all like in the music, but it's like, Hey, give me some money, uh, to let them go free. And then, uh, the, the noble person ends up paying 12 bags as a form of a bribe. Uh, this was cute. I liked how it matched up with the music cues. I thought that was really funny. Um, Zach, what were your thoughts on this? And then what's the verdict on the animal? The verdict of the animal, they don't list the animal in the wiki of the episode, so I couldn't find it. But I enjoyed this little scam they pull on this rich denizen of the Fire Nation. I like how the soccer brings back his Wang Fire beard. It's like nice call back to the headband. Yeah, I enjoyed this. And the music is all for throughout this whole montage. We get like this really funky music that I feel like we haven't heard in the series up to this point. So, yeah, I like the music. I like everything about this scene. Yeah. Um, the one thing that I didn't think that made a lot of sense is that the person decides to run away. Like the, the rich person <laughs> decides to run out of the cart, but he's literally in a cart that's like has an animal. Like he should just go forward rather than trying to run on foot. Like if you're trying to get away from the scene of the crime, you can't leave your car there or else people would be like, hey, that's this person's car. They're clearly the ones responsible. That's true, but I think he was just panicking. It wasn't thinking in the moment. I remember there was a UFC right. fighter who got into a hit and run and just ran away on foot and left his car at the scene. So this happens in real life sometimes. All right. Well, uh, you couldn't catch me doing that. If I am trying <laughs> to run away from a crime, I'm doing it as smooth as possible. Um, just kidding. If I did, if I committed a crime, I'd be very sloppy. So no one needs to even look. Uh, well, you never commit a crime, though. I feel. Oh like. yeah, true. Yeah. I mean, not on purpose. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, so they get back to Katara. Katara is like really going off. It's like, look, this is this is too much. You're doing something bad. Uh, you're a wild child. Toph really takes offense to that. Um, and Toph's having a great time. Toph's like, look, uh, you know, we're traveling the world. We're making money. We're having a good time. We have no parents. And then Katara latches onto that. It's like, ah, so you're doing this because of your parents. Uh, they were controlling, and now you get to act like they don't exist. Uh, and I thought this was, like, probably over the line. Uh, I'm not sure. What were your thoughts, Zach, when uh, Katara yeah. mentions Toph's parents? Yeah, it's interesting. Katara goes on, like, this, like, Freudian, like, psychoanalysis of Toph. <laughs> and yep. um, she will end up being proven right, because Toph is to kind of, she does miss her parents, and she's doing, she kind of is, like, doing this because she doesn't have her parents there, so... I think it's a little far, but she ultimately is correct, so I don't think it's the worst thing in the world. Yeah, but even if you're right, that doesn't give you the the excuse to be rude. Like, I feel like it really does cross a line when it goes into the personal, because, like, this has to be a soft spot for Toph. Like, it really, like, it's, it's unfortunate that, like, Toph's parents saw her as, like, the true person that she is as the bender, and they were like, no, you're going to get locked up now. Um, so I don't know. Like, I think this is probably too far for me. Yeah, I mean, it is a little bit of a low blow, but eh, I yeah. don't know. And then uh, Katara mentions, like, oh, we have some third eye freak after us. And this is when Sokka introduces his name. Uh, Zach, what were your thoughts on this uh, Sokka's introduction of, uh, of the third eyed freak? I love this. This is a low-key, a really good... Even though the episode is centered around Toph and Katara, this is low-key a good episode for Sokka and a quiet Aang episode, I feel like, because Sokka comes up with the name Sparky Sparky Boom Man, which is, like, the least <laughs> intimidating name you could possibly think of for a very intimidating force of nature in this... of, like, this guy. Yeah. So. No, I, I very much agree. Like, Sparky Sparky Boom Man sounds like someone that you'd, like, go to the carnival to see, not like someone who's <laughs> chasing after you to kill you. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, true. Yeah. 
Uh, anyway, so then, uh, like, Toph is getting upset uh, about this. Um, yeah, they she decides to, like, storm off, uh, and then they, like, go away. Sokka takes this opportunity to uh, peace out with some money and uh, go ahead and buy a hawk. So he buys a hawk, and what does he name it, Zach? Hockey. <laughs> what a great so, name. <laughs> Sokka is so bad at naming things. So first we get Sparky, Sparky, Boom, and then we get Hockey. <laughs> this sounds like yeah. what like a five if a five year old kid had a hawk they would name it hockey not like an a grown kid like I feel like or not a, t- a teenager would not name a hawk this but only Sokka would I feel like I I very much agree I do think that one really cute name for animals is naming it after another animal so like naming a dog monkey like I think that's like a great idea well, that's pretty cool I I respect but- that more than I do hockey so. Yeah, naming the animal the animal's name with a Y at the end is, like, lazy. Yeah, very lazy. And mm-hmm. juvenile, too. Yeah. Zach, if you were to name an animal, like, what would you go for? Would you go, like, of the old, like, person's name? Like, would you name it, like, uh, after a household object, after, like, an animal? Like, what, what? where are we going? I'd probably go with a person's name. Or, like, I would name it, like, I would give it a real name. I feel like I've actually never owned a pet besides, like, a couple of fish. Okay. And uh, yeah, so if I had a dog, I- I'd name it like, I don't know, Brad or something. <laughs> Brad? That's, Brad the dog. Brad yeah. the dog. I like it's it. Like, I, it makes yeah. it feel like a cartoon character, I feel like, if you give it a human name. So that's what I would Especially name. a human name that's so like regular. Because like, a lot of the, the, the human names for dogs are like, I don't know, the fancier human names. But if you just yeah, go straight yeah. up Brad, that, that yeah, I like it. All <laughs> yeah, right, name Brad, a dog Cornelius dog. or something. <laughs> that's a more fancy name cornelius it's a very fancy name um yeah. <laughs> anyway so then Sokka lays down the rules for how it how it is to be in team avatar uh he says like hey there's a lemur in our group so please don't fight uh yeah that's that's about it actually those are the only rules i, I really uh <laughs> i hyped it up that's about it yeah, there's not much to glean from the scene except Sock. While Sokka's walking and he buys, after buying the hawk, he notices a wanted poster with like a crudely drawn, demonic-looking version of Toph, and that's like the most <laughs> important thing. Of yes, yes, that is the important part of the scene. And then uh, Sokka takes that poster and then takes it to Toph, and he shows it to her and says, "I found something you're not going to like." He pulls out the piece of paper and he shows it to her. And Toph says one of my favorite lines. I love the blind joke, so I was a sucker for this part of the episode. Toph says, uh, well, it looks like a sheet of paper. Or sorry, but well, it sounds like a sheet of paper, but I guess you're referring to what's on the sheet of paper. I thought that was very funny. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. This is a pretty hilarious. Uh, So then, like, Sokka's able to say, like, uh, yeah, you know, I found this poster of you. They've nicknamed you the Runaway. And we did not get the reaction I think that Sokka was hoping for. Uh, Toph actually seems excited about this. What were your thoughts on that, Zach? <laughs> yeah, Toph's like excited to be like a, a wanted criminal, which is shocking to me. But I guess it's within her character. But I don't know. I would not be too excited if I'm wanted. If I'm pulling off scams, I would want to be under the radar. And I wonder what. Because then if you have a wanted poster of you, that means your scams will come to an end. Eventually, you will eventually be caught. So I would not want that if I was Toph. But Toph's exactly. a person than I am. Exactly. Yeah, like, Toph seems to enjoy this type of persona. You know, like, she was the blind bandit for a while before we met her. 
Uh, now she's a runaway, but it kind of seems like, yeah, like once you have that wanted poster of you, like it is going to come to an end or you're going to have to give up the scams. Like there's not a way to get out of it safely. Uh, it kind of reminds me of like, catch me if you can. Like once you start doing the scams and once someone's on your tail, uh, you're going to get caught at some point. Yeah, exactly. Um, exactly. Great movie. Catch me if you can. One of the few things you've referenced that I've seen. So there we go. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a solid movie. Uh, anyway, so Sock is like, uh, okay, yeah. Uh, or the first thing is that he says the the picture looks good. Do you think that Sock is being kind, or does he actually think this is like a good picture? I mean, I think he's being a little kind because it's, okay. it's like I said, it's like very crudely drawn. So yeah, I don't know. It's not the best picture. It's just like a stick version of Toph with like sharp teeth. It's like my art skills are horrible, but I feel like I could draw this. So. Yeah, I mean, we've seen Sokka do pretty poorly before with his uh, drawing, so I wouldn't be too surprised if, like, this would be considered good if he did it himself, uh, but it looks objectively bad. Yeah. Um, anyway, so they decide that they're going to hide this from Katara. Uh, Toph kind of pays him off like a mob boss and is like, hey, you know, just go ahead and hide this. Here's some money with the invasion plan. <laughs> uh, keep it on the down low. Uh, so Sokka's going to go and get an expensive atlas and armor for Appa. Uh, and that's why the poster's going to remain their little secret. I thought this was funny seeing Toph like, uh, pay him off like that. Yeah, and we get some foreshadowing to the invasion, because then Appa's yeah. armor will play a big part in that. So, Yeah, that is true. Money well spent. Yeah. Um, anyway, the next thing that we see is Katara ends up uh, like getting mad at this uh, bird purchase uh, now that Sokka's uh, bought hockey. Uh, yeah, and, and Hockey's not excited to do his job. He seems like uh, he's not really looking forward to it. Uh, Sokka says, we're going to send you to Grand Grand, and the Hawk's like, nope, and just like uh, just scratches or shakes his head. thought that was funny. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and then I think that's uh, what we get from that scene. The next scene is uh, Katara's like, uh, getting mad again because people have been off scamming. Uh, they've got lots of different money. Katara's saying, oh, this is very dangerous. Uh, Toph's like, no, it's not. Katara's like, well, what's this? And then, again, shows a sheet of paper to which (laughs) Toph is like, I can't read. I'm blind. Uh, I really like the blind jokes, so I thought this was hilarious. Zach, did uh, did these jokes land with you? Yeah, they did. I I thought the humor in this episode overall, this is a very funny episode of Avatar, and the jokes land in this episode. The comedy is really well done. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. Anyway, so then Katara reveals uh, that she found the wanted poster uh, and she found it in Toph's things, which also seems like a violation of her privacy. Katara is like, no, your stuff was just messy. Uh, But I don't know. I'm not buying it. Uh, Yeah. Zach, where are you on this debate here? I mean, she's lying. Toph Toph calls her out for lying and then she cops. She owns up to it and admits that she Toph was going so crazy. She felt like a need to go through her stuff. So yeah, Katara was just straight up lying here. Yeah. I know like we both like reality TV, uh, like it never works out well when someone goes through someone's stuff. Like anytime someone finds out that they've been through your stuff, like it's a huge invasion of privacy. Uh, I'm not sure that you'd want to, uh, you want to like get involved there. I will say if Toph does have a piece of paper that is pretty suspicious, granted that she can't read. So, Hey, you know, I guess it makes some That's sense that true. she would be suspicious. I, I did not think of that. You're right. If if Toph has any <laughs> piece of paper, she can't read it. What's, what's the point of her having it? That's such a good point that I didn't think of. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's one of those dead giveaways that you don't think of until you do it, but there you go. Yeah. Um, so then Toffa accuses Katara of being the mom says like, Oh, you want to send me to my room? Uh, Toff's like, uh, you're not my mom and you're not their mom. Uh, and then Toff goes on to say like, you act like our mom, you boss everyone around. Uh, you're just a kid. So please stop act. Tell me what to do. Uh, and then Katara asks the boys if she seems motherly. Yep. Uh, she acts, she, or she says it in a way that seems very motherly. Uh, I, don't, I don't know where you land on that, Zach, but I, I was a little intimidated myself. Yeah, Katara is very maternal, and she's kind of like the elder statesman of this group. So naturally, she does default to kind of being the mother of everybody sometimes, which is fine. I mean, no harm, no foul. But yeah, it's getting on Toph's nerves. Yeah. Yeah. She does really classic motherly things too. She, she's like, speak clearly when you talk to me, uh, sit up straight, like all that sort of stuff. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Like my mom, like I've seen this in like media a lot. My mom never really told me like, uh, Oh, like sit up straight, like elbows off the dinner table or all that. So really, I kind of feel like my mom, uh, wasn't even as strict as Katara is. Yeah, my mom would do the sit up straight thing and always stand straight. So I heard that a lot growing up. Well, do you have good posture now? Nope. (laughs) Still don't. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Because I was going to say it might be worth it because my posture is like pretty bad. Sometimes I'll notice it and I'll be like, wait, why am I slouching right now? And I'll like try to fix it. But it's definitely one of those habits that you got to form early. Um, Yeah, exactly. Anyway, they decide to take a break from each other. Uh, Katara and Toph, that is. Uh, Katara is going to go ahead and uh, sit on the edge. uh, Toph on the other side. Sokka comes up with a brilliant idea. Uh, he's got a brilliant plan. Zach, you want to talk us through this plan that Sokka's got? Yeah, so Sokka wants to send a message with his hawk, Hockey, from Toph to Katara, <laughs> apologizing so that they stop arguing. And what's crazy is that, obviously, this is a horrible plan because Toph can't read or write. What's crazy, though, is that Aang thinks this is a great idea. Aang is like, yo, amazing idea, Sokka, which is, why is Aang think this is a good idea? Over, I don't know. And yeah. so then we see this plan, like, instantly fail, basically. Yeah, so, like, obviously, like, uh, Katara sees through it immediately. Uh, she's like, I know this from you, Saka, Toph can't write, uh, which I think is just so funny. I do think that, like, potentially Katara could have said, like, oh, did one of you dictate this, or, like, did, did Toph, like, tell you to write this? Because, like, there is some chance that Toph would ask someone to write. In fact, I have a friend who's a teacher who was telling me mm-hmm. today uh, that there's a note uh, in the classroom and it's like, Oh, like I don't remember their names and I shouldn't even say them on the podcast. Like, so guess it's good. I don't remember, but it's like person a, uh, like, I'm sorry. I said, I like, like you from person B and like that person like can't actually write in complete sentences. So it's like, Oh, we don't know who wrote it, but like, anyway, it's a big mystery right now. So I'm like, I'm on the edge of my seat, ready to hear who wrote this. Um, like, nice. I, was the person framed? Uh, like, did they ask them to <laughs> dictate it for them? Like, how many people are involved in the class? Like, this is high stakes, Zach. No, facts. It's very high stakes. Not going to lie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so stay tuned for that drama. <laughs> um, anyway. <laughs> yeah. So then uh, they realize, like, oh, yeah, we forgot. Toph can't write. Uh, and Aang, Aang, the Avatar, is like, okay, I guess it's time to send Toph a note from Katara. Uh, and it takes Sokka seeing that this is not going to, uh, not going to work. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Sokka decides, all right, it's hockey's, this hockey plan's not going to work. So he decides to pull Toph over. And then Sokka and Toph actually have a very nice heart to heart. I kind of wanted to clip this part of the episode, but at the last minute, I decided not to. But yeah, this was a very nice chat between Sokka and Toph we get here. Yeah, I think like the high level here is like really sweet. Uh, and we'll see that Katara actually is able to hear it because they talk on the, the top of the cliff and Katara's in the lake below. Uh, so she's able to hear what they're saying. Uh, essentially, Toph, uh, or Sokka's saying like, yeah, like I get it. Like Katara is, uh, you know, being bossy. She is involved all the time, but it is actually really helpful for me because when his mom left, then uh, Katara was the one to step up. Uh, and Katara has essentially acted as a mom. Uh, I think that's that's really sweet. We've seen a few times, either explicitly or implicitly, that Sokka's kind of stepped into the role of their dad, um, mm-hmm. especially like in the first few episodes. And it's nice to see like uh, that Sokka realizes that Katara has filled that role of his mom. Uh, so I thought I thought that was really sweet. Yeah, and I could kind of relate to this because uh, I came from a single parent household. My dad left when I was like about ten, and then my sister had to step up and really help out around the house and cook and clean and do all that from a young age. So I can relate having an older sibling step up in that role. Yeah, that's uh that's cool. You should, uh, you should send her the clip of Sokka saying that it's nice so that you can just like, uh, you know, take credit for the sweetness. <laughs> True. Yeah. I should just transcribe the speech and then just send it to her. Yeah. Yeah. But th- that is, that is really sweet. And it's nice to see that like uh Sokka is able to realize that. And it's, uh, it's cool that you see that as well, Zach. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, so then Toph even realizes, Toph actually has quite a quick uh, turn and is like, yeah, like, I actually can tell that Katara cares. Uh, She cares about me. The real me is what she says. Uh, And I thought that was very sweet. Yep. And it brings Katara down below to tears hearing this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So then uh, at the next scene, like a few hours later, uh, we see Katara um, sitting around. Uh, then Sokka and Toph walk up to her, uh, and Katara is like, Hey, like, uh, I'd like to say something. She's not able to get it out. Uh, Toph says like, Toph apologizes. And then Katara reveals the scheme. Katara wants to pull a scam with Toph. Uh, yeah, the, I like the plan. I, I kind of think that it was like bound to fail, but, uh, yeah. Do you want to explain what the scam is, Zach? Yeah, it's basically just turn Toph in for the reward because apparently her reward is like worth 10 times more than the money they've made from their scams, which is pretty crazy because at one point in a couple scenes earlier, you can see Toph stacking like gold pieces and silver pieces like they've made so much money off these scams. So her reward must have been like a 500 gold pieces or something crazy. Yeah, like so, that. so I, I actually I looked this up to see if like they had found out how much this was. And in the extras of the episode, it said that it was a thousand gold pieces. Holy, that's a lot of gold pieces. Right? Like we still don't really know how this economy works, but a thousand gold pieces sounds like a lot of gold pieces. Yeah, so basically Katara's plan is to turn Toph in and then have Toph metal bend herself out of jail, which on paper seems like a pretty good scam idea. It doesn't seem like the worst idea. Why did you think this was doomed to fail? Well, okay, because so let's say you do get out and you do get away. Like then it's pretty clear that Toph, because like there's not that many metal benders, like there's literally one in the world, that Toph was there. And then I think like you're gonna have a lot of people onto you. I think that in the time that it takes for Toph to break out of the jail, that it's unlikely you're going to get the payment. 
Like my guess is they don't pay you 1000 gold pieces immediately. And like Qatar is a kid. Like, I don't think they're going to give a kid a thousand gold pieces. Like they're going to want to speak to some parents. They're going to have someone sign off on it. They're going to want to tax it. Like something like Are- that. Like it just seems too easy. I guess, but they're in the Fire Nation. We uh, we were talking earlier in the episode. There's no child protection services here. These <laughs> kids are able to gamble. They're able to do a lot of stuff that kids aren't normally able to do. So I All think right. Katara could have gotten the she could have gotten the gold pieces. I don't think that's the worst part of the plan. Yeah. Well, that's fair. Uh, the next thing we see is the stuff that we get at the very top of the episode. It's Toph running into the city saying, "You betrayed me," and Katara saying, "You brought this on yourself. I had no choice." as Toph gets carried away. Uh, then we see, like, the the town sheriff or mayor. I'm not really sure which one. Uh, but anyway, he's like, oh, you did the right thing turning in the runaway. Uh, and then we get the funny line that's like, oh, the, the right thing is its own reward. But I still want the actual money. Uh, and so, yeah, I, I thought that was, like, cute. I'm sure I thought that was funny as a kid. Yeah, I, I like this line as well. Um, anyway, so then they're thrown in the cell. Uh, we get this, uh, the female guard throwing Toph into jail, but instead of being a metal jail, we actually see that it is a wooden cell. So Toph is unable to bend. Yeah. I'm surprised they even have wooden cells built. Do you think like combustion man tipped them off and was like, Hey, put this girl in, um, in a wooden cell. Is that what happened here? Yeah, for sure, because otherwise, like, why would you have a wooden cell normally? Like, it just doesn't make that much sense. I don't know why you would, like, make a wooden cell. So, like, it had to have been, like, special built for Toph. Yeah, must have. Must have been. Yeah. Um, anyway, so then the, the mayor or sheriff or whatever, mayor sheriff, uh, brings Katara into a room and is like, hey, uh, we got her. This is the girl you're looking for. And Sparky Sparky Boom Man walks in. And we leave off uh, as they cut to commercial. And everyone is horrified. Well, <laughs> yeah, I guess just the classic Katara's commercial horrified. cut. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it is nice to watch it without commercials. But I feel like you do miss something when you have that like suspenseful moment. And it just like immediately cuts to the next scene. Because like, that's like the, that's the perfect thing to be like, oh my gosh, that's crazy. Yeah, that's true. You don't get that, like, crazy moment, sadly. Yeah. Um, anyway, then uh, we go back to Aang and Sokka, who are on the sidelines for this one. They're just chilling at the camp. Uh, Aang's like, hey, this is taking a while, so they decide to go check it out. Uh, Sokka puts Appa in charge of the two animals, uh, two animal, the other animals being Hockey and Momo. Uh, apparently they get into lots of fights because as soon as they leave, uh, the animals start fighting at each other, but Appa just screams and that immediately scares them into submission. Uh, I feel like Appa would be a very responsible babysitter. Yeah. Appa actually like when you tell an animal, Oh, you're in charge. It seems like, Oh, you're just like telling them that and they're not actually in charge because it's an animal. What can they do? But Appa yeah. is able to actually <laughs> take command here, and instantly he quells this fight between Momo and Hockey. So you're right. I th- I, I agree. I think Appa would be a very responsible babysitter. Yeah, I'm not sure I'd put him in charge of like an actual baby. Like I can't imagine that Appa would be able to contain Tom Tom uh, from like <laughs> like way way back. But I do think that Appa is like above average. Uh, for some reason, my baby brother loves saying like, oh, whatever, fine. Jacob's the leader. Uh, and so like, wh- or like whoever. And so whenever I saw this, 
Um, I like I watched it with them, and I said, "Oh, okay, whatever." Appa's the leader, and he laughed so hard. Uh, <laughs> it has nothing to do with the rest of the podcast. I just found him cute. That's really cute. I I, I, I like that <laughs> little story. That's cute. I'm pretty sure that's the only part of the episode he really liked. Uh, for some <laughs> reason, I just cannot get those kids in the Avatar. Like, I feel like they should like it. I think they're maybe How not old, old they? enough. Six How and old? five. Yeah, they're a little too young. I think. I think if you're yeah. like. Eight to ten, I think, is the age for Avatar. Yeah, because it really, it really is like a, a series where you have to actually understand what's going on. Because like the action is cool, uh, the fight's like fine or whatever. But like, I do think that you have to understand a little bit of like the plot and the the story. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's a very story driven show, so that's true. All right. Well. I'll uh, let them try again in three years, and then in even more years, they can listen to our recap podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. They can Uh, listen to the archives. Yeah, exactly. Um, Anyway, we go back to Toph and Katara. Uh, They're in a cell, and uh, Toph comes to the impressive realization that it's a trap. Uh, it's a trap. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. Like uh, Admiral Akbar. Is that his name? Yep, Admiral Akbar. That is his name. Nice. Um, anyway, then Katara's like, yeah, of course it's a trap. We're in a cage. Uh, and K- then Toph like, spells it out and is like, yeah, no, it's it's not us, Katara. Uh, he wants Aang. Um, and I thought that, like, yeah, I'm glad I'm glad Toph picked up on it. But yeah, like, uh, I don't know. It's not that hard to see. True, true. It's a pretty transparent plan. You're right. Yeah. Um, anyway, so then they like kind of come to their senses. They like have some realization where like, oh, you know, like, uh, I know like I crossed the line, your stuff with your parents is complicated and it's like, yeah, like whatever. It's kind of true. Blah, blah, blah. I don't know. They talk for a little bit. I didn't get much of the scene. (laughs) Am I missing anything, Zach? No, no, no. I mean, they have, they have like a little heart to heart. They come together and yeah, you're not missing too much. You can skim through it. Well, I thought they had already apologized to each other. So, like, when they did this again, I was like, what? Okay, great. Like, move on. <laughs> That's fair. I find it so funny when you're, like, very disinterested in something. When you get really dismissive, you're just like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I like when you do that. That's that's pretty endearing. It just makes you laugh. Well, I'm sure that it's terrible, like, podcasting etiquette. Like, I, you know, I should take things seriously. But some of these things are just, like... Too tedious. As we mentioned earlier, this one's a late night record. Uh, yeah, I, I don't have time for that. Uh, Zach, you want to you want to tell us what happens next while I recover from uh, blowing off their conversation? Yeah. So Katara <laughs> realizes she can generate sweat and bend with that. So she starts like running on the spot, and she's able to break them out of jail using her sweat. But how was she able, like, she's sweating, but I still, she was able to, like, bend, like, a full water whip, basically. And I'm surprised she was able to generate that much sweat. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm not, like, a, I'm not, like, a particularly sweaty person. So, like, I'm probably not the best person. Like, I've been around people who are, like, very sweaty. And I'm sure that, like, their sweat could generate an entire water whip. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. But, but I feel like Katara's more like us. I feel like she's not particularly sweaty. Yeah, I mean, that's that's probably the case. Yeah, I mean, like, also, if they can't, then we have to watch her, like, run for an hour, and that's, like, kind of boring. So <laughs> I guess they sped it up a little bit. True, true, Zach, true. Did you, did you think of another way they could get out? Because I think there's one thing that's, like, pretty glaringly obvious of what they could do. Another way they can get out. Lispit, what's, what's your way? 
so, so maybe like okay, maybe I'm completely wrong, but like for earthbenders, they don't have to be touching the earth that they're bending. Same thing with waterbenders. Same thing mm-hmm. with like uh, you know air. Great. Like there is metal in the room. They're just not like in the same cell. Like the cell is see through. Like Toph could look at metal and say like, oh, there like there's like cell one and then cell two's wooden across from it are two metal cells. Like could Toph not bend like cell three that's like complete like that's uh whatever uh in front of them or whatever? Could Toph not bend that into metal and then break them out? Hmm. I guess she could. I'm trying to think. Does stuff have to be in contact with metal to bend it, though? That's the one thing because we never see her bend metal without be without like touching it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean that is true for metal. Maybe and for Earth, it definitely is not true. For Earth, no, they no, definitely no. For Earth, can bend see- Earth. They're not touching. Yeah, you're right. We've seen her bend Earth without touching it, but for metal, I'm not a hundred percent sure. But that mm-hmm. that's then, a feasible plan. I I think it. I think potentially in Korra, they do metal, like someone metal bends something they're not touching. I'm trying to remember the specifics of the fight. But anyway, it just seems like they could get out. I ultimately, like, you know, I'm pretty impressed with Katara here uh, that she's able to, like, come up with the solution. It actually is pretty uh, interesting to have this, uh, like, this idea come right before the next episode, The Puppet Master. Mm-hmm. Um you know, using the water in one's body to bend, uh, that ends up like, you know, being pretty important next week as we'll see. Uh, so I thought that was like a cool, a cool little thing that we saw. Yeah. It's a very interesting application of water bending. And then we're going to get another interesting application of water bending next week. Uh, interesting is one word. I would say disturbing is the word that comes to mind. Uh, <laughs> true. True. Yeah. We shouldn't record that podcast late night because then I'll be all, up all night with nightmares, uh, afterwards. Um, anyway uh as they're uh as katara is like trying to whip up some water uh we see ang and Sokka walking around the town the town's been like pretty much uh you know like uh ghosted what's the yeah i don't know what happened here how was combustion man slash sparky sparky boom man able to evacuate this whole town yeah, it's not super clear. Maybe he's like, hey, you know, like, I'm really trying to catch this kid, uh, but I have no control over explosions, so go inside for your safety. Like, that's pretty much the only thing that would make sense. Yeah, I guess. I guess. But then he would have to <laughs> alert the whole town that the Avatar's there, and I feel like he True. doesn't want other people knowing that the Avatar's there. So that's kind of yeah. like a goof I noticed. Like, why is this town abandoned? Like, that's that's one of the goofs I noticed this episode. No, that's that's fair. Like, it does seem... Yeah, it seems like a, it would be pretty hard to coordinate, like, everyone go back inside. Especially because there's no way to, like, communicate this. So you'd have to, like, yell it to everyone. It, it does seem improbable that would happen. Yeah, yeah. So basically what happens here, Combustion Man comes onto the scene. He starts chasing Sokka and Aang. Aang, like, do- they decide to split up. Aang, like, dodges a blast, and then he, like, leaps into the air and, like, slams into this Ozai statue in the middle of town, and then he's about to get caught. What's up? Oh, I just thought that was funny. I forgot that it happened until you said it. (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah. He, like, just straight up just woofs into it. And then, luckily, Katara and Toph are able to come through and save the day, because Katara encases Combustion Man's head in ice. 
And then Toph shoots a rock at him, which he disintegrates, but a small fragment of the rock hits him in the head, which causes his, like, explosions to, like, explode internally, and then he just, like, gets bodied pretty much, and then that's the end of Combustion Man for the episode. Yeah, if you had to make me guess which one's going to be more deadly, encasing someone's head in ice or hitting them with a pebble, I really would have guessed encasing (laughs) someone in ice, because that seems like you'd be dead uh, pretty quickly. He's able to, like, take his arm and, like, smash his way out of it, which is pretty impressive here. Um, But yeah, ultimately, like, the pebble being the thing that beats him, I think is pretty funny, uh, because apparently it, like, blocks his chi, and then it causes him to uh, blow up. Uh, Yeah, anyway, I I thought that it was funny that it wasn't the the ice. Uh, It was a small little rock. Yep, yep, I agree. I thought that was pretty hilarious as well. Uh, would you like to talk about so- Sokka's contribution to this fight, Zach? Um, what contribution? I don't have. <laughs> I don't have any contribution from Sokka in my notes. So, <laughs> what did he do? He, during the middle of the fight, while they're still like fighting, he's like, "Oh, I have the perfect name for him: Combustion Man." Oh, and yeah, Toph's, yeah. Toph's like, "Good job, Sokka. Now let's get out of here." <laughs> like, uh, anyway, I thought that was quite funny. Yeah, that's Sokka's contribution. A better name. Yep. And then, um, so, Toph gets Katara, so we cut to the last scene of the episode, Toph is getting Katara to help her send a letter to her parents, and they send it using hockey. And then we see Sokka be like, hey, where's hockey? And that's how the episode ends. Yeah, like I said, you know, lots of episodes of Avatar end up being really sad. Uh, this is an example. Sokka's lost a good friend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, true. I didn't even think of that. So yeah, that's um, the episode. That's season three, episode seven, The Runaway. Yeah. Uh, what, you know, season three, episode seven, uh, the origin of this podcast. Uh, pretty exciting yeah. to, to finally be here, Zach. Yeah, I agree. It was a long road to get here and we finally made it. What are your yeah. overall thoughts on this episode, Jacob? What do you think of it? You know, I think this episode's pretty fun. Uh, I say this about a lot of the episodes, but I think this one really does encapsulate like a fun episode of television, uh, both with the montage of the different scams that they're pulling, uh, the scene with the dealer, uh, the silliness like with the fight at the end. Like we get a little bit of fight, but not too much. The fight ends up ending in a silly way. Like lots of jokes uh, with like the blind gag. Like it has a little bit of everything. Uh, we get no none of Zuko, which actually might be like uh, a benefit that we don't have the like 15 second clip of Zuko doing random mm-hmm, stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but overall, I think it's I think it's a good episode. Uh, I'm not going to rate it like as highly as some of the most iconic ones, but I'm very happy about it. Zach, where are you on the episode? Yeah, I think this is a solid episode. You're, you make a good point. It's nice that we're not like cutting between Zuko and Aang and the gang and all that. So I like that about the episode. I like the montage of all the scams and the funky music mm-hmm. that we had there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I, and I like the heartfelt moment we get between Sokka and Toph. So overall, this is a solid episode of television. Nothing too, this is not the best episode of Avatar. It's not the best episode of season three, but it's just like a nice solid episode. So you want to yeah, dive one, right into our episode? Ra- oh, what, what else well, do you want to Yeah, one, one question before we get into the episode rankings that I wanted to ask you. Would this have been a good episode on the wheel? Like, did uh, did they make a mistake or were they right to reject it, Zach? 
I think it would have been, uh, this is why I pitched the podcast to you. I think this is not a good intro episode to Avatar. I think you have to already know the characters. So sadly, I think this would not have been a good spot on the wheel. But who the hell cares about the wheel? We managed to make a whole podcast out of it. So I'm kind of, at the end of the day, I'm kind of happy it didn't go on the wheel. And instead, we were able to create egg in there. So yeah, be too mad. Yep, I very much agree. Yeah, ultimately, I think you're right. You know, as sad as I am uh, to say, I think you're probably correct because uh, this isn't even really that representative of an episode of Avatar. Like, it does have the, like, silliness uh, and it has, like, the adventure. This is almost kind of like a season one episode in that way. Yeah, um, but it's, it's not super similar to like the rest of the series. Uh, but yeah, like, you know what? I- I'm happy that we're here, Zach, uh, talking on a on a Sunday night about uh, one of my favorite shows. Yeah, me too. Well, let's do the episode rankings and let's wrap this up. We're both super tired. It's like close to midnight where you are. So sorry if this episode's a little, I mean, we're still at an hour and 20 minutes. You guys got a lot of content still. So (laughs) we'll do the episode rankings and we'll get the hell out of here. I like that Zach is like, look, uh, it's late. You guys have had enough. Uh, we're going to wrap it up. No, I think that's a great idea. Let's, uh, rank the episode and, and the battle. Yes. No, sure. Let's do the battle. Why not? Great. All right, let's start with the uh, episode ranking. I like that we don't come up with the, like, decide whether we're going to do the battle ranking until, like, an hour into the podcast. It's great. <laughs> I know. We never talk these things over before the podcast. We're always too busy talking about all this stuff. But that's All right, well, I can say right now, Zach, that next week we will rank the battle that happens for sure. Yes, so yes. That's, go that's ahead. an epic battle. Put it. Put, get ready for it, folks. We will rank the battle. You don't even have to wait until an hour into that podcast because we're telling you an hour into this one that we will actually do the segment that we said we're going to do. Yep. Speaking of segments that we're going to do, let's do the episode ranking. Zach, you want to start us off? Yeah, I'll give this episode a 3.3 out of 4. So that's like a B plus for me. Solid episode. I, I, I liked it, but it was missing. Um, the stakes weren't high enough for me, I feel like, at the end. So... That's why I'm going to give it a 3.3 and I'm not going to go higher, but it's uh, still a solid score. What can I say? What about you, Jacob? Yeah, uh, yeah I, I'm a little bit higher just because I do think that this episode has so many different things. Like it has some good like blind jokes, which I love. It's got yep. some good uh, it's got some good like heartfelt moments. It's got a good montage. It's got the humor. It's got the feels. Uh, but I'm not that much higher. I'm at a 3.4. Like obviously we're missing Zuko from the episode entirely. Uh, we don't have Azula. Uh, we don't have any of the rest of the characters. Um, it doesn't end up meaning that much, even though it's a fun episode. Um, yeah, I think like uh, the biggest thing, the biggest takeaway is that we're going to get armor for Appa. Uh, that's probably the only actual lasting impact on on the series. So uh, there you go. Uh, the listeners are even lower than the two of us. They're at a 3.12. Uh, wow. Yeah. Listeners uh, not, not liking the runaway. Not not a great episode score, but there you go. Uh, it'll put the episode at a 3.27. Uh, if you think that this episode was too low, well, you're too late. But you're not too late for the next episodes. You can write in avatar at posturerecaps.com or tweet us at posturerecaps with your episode rankings so that we can include you in the episode rankings. Because every week we will take my score and your score, Zach, and the listener score to get the official ink in their score. Um. There you go. Oh, one other thing I wanted to mention before we do the battle of battle rankings and wrap things up is that we saw the monkey uh, that they got. Do you do you remember what I'm talking about at all? Or am I going to have to remember more details? 
Nah, can you remember more details, please? What monkey are we talking about? I'm trying to remember exactly what where they got it. It's the it's the monkey statue that Iroh got. Oh that's like yeah, has the red yeah, that's, little, yeah, 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 yeah. I remember that. That's also in the water bending scroll, which we were talking about oh, earlier. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. Wow, the water bending scroll coming up quite a lot today. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so the that was in the waterbending scroll, uh, and then it reappears here. Uh, as they were like writing the note, as Sokka and Aang were writing the note, it was just sitting next to their stuff, of uh, the stuff that they must have bought. I thought that was fun. Wow. They just bought the yeah. statue. I didn't even notice that. That's cool. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, last thing we got for you this week is the Battle of the Battle Rankings. This time we'll be ranking the battle between Sparky Sparky Boom Man and Team Avatar as they rampage through the city. Zach, where are you on the battle? Eh, I don't know. I'm going to give this like a 2.5 out of 4. Kind of a forgettable battle, but I did enjoy Aang slamming into the statue. And the one thing I remember is like the pebble hitting his head. That's like a scene that like stuck in my head for a long time. So, yeah, I I like the idea that they're like fighting on the roof. Uh, I think that like Aang like flips the wheelbarrow at one point and does something like kind of cool, but I'm really not too high on this fight. I'm going to be even lower on you. Uh, I'm giving it a 2.1, uh, making this battle a 2.3. Uh, so far, we've not really had like the iconic battles um, in this series, or sorry, in this season. Like, uh, but a lot more are to come. So this uh, this segment will get better as we go because we'll get better and better battles. Uh, yeah, so and far, we have a really good battle next week. So that is true. Um, yeah, so far we have our lowest ranked battle, which is the Team Avatar fights the Fire Nation ship at a 1.25, and Sokka fights uh, his master at a 3.4. So there you go. Uh, this one's right in between the, the battles that we have so far this uh, this, this season. Um, cool. I think that's all we got for you this week. Zach, anything else that we should do before we head on out this week? No, we we can announce our guest for next week, right? Is that confirmed? Yeah. 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 So we're, we're going to be joined by returning guest Audrey Sizemore. You've heard her on the Purple Pants Badass podcast. She's been on this podcast before. We're excited to have Audrey back. It's nice to have a great guest coming back on our little yes. rinky dink show. So, <laughs> Yes, very excited to have Audrey back. Uh, and I just saw that she was uh, announced to be part of a, a live reality game called The Penthouse Game. Uh, yeah, I, I saw had some that questions too. about this. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to, you know, follow her, uh, and, and see how well she does there. But anyway, super excited to have her on the podcast. Uh, the episode next week is like very cool. It kind of like changes the way that I thought about avatar when I first saw it, uh, it had a big impression on me as a child. So I'm excited to get into it next week. Yeah. Well, that's all for us. Peace out everyone. Sweet. See you next time. Bye. Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? 
I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At ChumbaCasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply with lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere this is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.